Tillin, a Welsh word for Celtic harp. Welcome to Tillin Tales. I use the harp because I think it's a wonderful way to express mathematical patterns and like all music is this like math and singular notes that don't make any sense on their own but when they are put together in a certain way it makes everything transcend into something spiritual, something that we can feel. If you listen to my welcome episode, I kind of explain a little bit more about me and where I come from. What's up with the harp thing? What's up with this whole thing at all? (laughs) So I recommend you go back and listen to that if you want to know a little more about it. Otherwise, uh, today we're going to talk about synchronicity with animals. And if you really enjoy my podcast today, it would be awesome if you go over to patreon.com and support me by either sharing my podcast or giving me the price of a cappuccino or maybe like a nice cocktail if you're feeling super generous and you're having a super good day. But I really appreciate it because a lot of work goes into this and it keeps me going. If you have no money to spare it all for my cappuccino, that is totally fine. What you can do is talk about my podcast. Talk about the things I talk about on this podcast. That is something that I think is priceless, honestly. If you share my podcast, you can share it patreon.com slash T-E-L-Y-N-T-A-L-E-S. That's patreon.com slash Tales. If you noticed that you thought this was Tellin Tales, you're correct. You are correct. There is kind of a confusing way to pronounce the word Tillin. I went across a couple of pronunciations on websites, and one is one is Tellin, and another is Tillin. And I was like, it's probably Tillin. So I'm going to do Tillin. If you want to tell your friends that this is Tellin Tales, but it's spelled kind of weird because it's a Welsh word for Celtic harp, and that it'll all come together once they listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can do that too. Here on Tillindales, I act kind of as a shop, which is an old English word spelled S-C-O-P. New vocab today, Tillin and shop. But a shop is a minstrel that tells stories while playing an instrument. So because I'm sort of a storyteller, whether it's telling about science or something personal or something more folklore of nature, I combine it with music to kind of draw you in, to bring you to this place. And whether it lures you to sleep, maybe you're listening to this at night, or it makes you focus more, let me know. Let me know what it helps you do. That would be cool to know. And uh, either way, I hope you get more out of it than you initially expected. So synchronicity. For this, I want you to imagine if you are stationary, go ahead and close your eyes. If you're not, go ahead and just imagine. (laughs) Use that brain. You're walking along a nature trail. Suddenly, a deer or a hummingbird or a fox appears dead center right before you. And it seems like this was meant to be because you were in this heavy loop of bad luck and then you just wish for everything to turn around in your luck and then you turn around and there's a hummingbird right there and you're like, whoa. I feel like this meant something a little more. Or you were thinking of a deceased loved one who really loved foxes or reminded you of a fox and then you're on this walk and you see a fox and you're like that's crazy 
I was just thinking about boxes or I was just thinking about my, you know, dead grandpa who loved boxes and there's a fox right there. And it means something to you. As funny and as crazy as it might be, you might go home, you might tell your family, oh, guess what happened today? You might write about it in your journal. You might do a little podcast on it, right? But this is not just some silly little thing that that you have experienced. You talk about it because this happens. This is a thing. A lot of people experience synchronicity. Merriam-Webster describes synchronicity as the coincidental occurrence of events, and especially psychic events, that seem related but are not explained by conventional mechanisms of causality, okay? Personal accounts of this spiritual synchronistic experience are highly researched by physicists, biologists, and psychologists alike. And synchronicity does not have to be an animal. It can be something like you were thinking of someone and you know their favorite song and then it comes on the radio. And you're like, what? That's crazy. Or... You know, somebody says exactly what you needed to hear at the exact moment you needed to hear it. These are all common experiences that we have shared through our own contemporary folklore and folklore of past. And scientists have started to study this. Why have scientists started to study this, you ask? Because this seems so not based in fact? Well, guess what, my friends? Quantum physics. Now, before you're like, oh, no not the quantum physics. Just hang in there. I want you to picture something again. There are two balls. One's over by the sun. One is right next to you. These balls are magical balls. (laughs) Because when you touch this ball, it's red ball. But when you touch it, it turns yellow. And the other ball over by the sun that you know exists is over by the sun also turns yellow at the same time that you touch it. Okay? What on earth, Sophia? Hang in there. Everything is made up of particles, tiny little particles, including you and me. Sometimes particles are linked together. When this happens, any manipulation to one particle, you touch that red ball and it turns yellow, will directly affect the particle it's linked to. That ball over by the sun turns yellow at the same time you touch the ball next to you. So. Even when these particles are quite literally separated from an entire galaxy away, this can happen at the exact same time. And this is called quantum entanglement. Albert Einstein could not prove this was possible and described this occurrence as spooky action at a distance, even though he witnessed it in his lab, right? But he could not understand what on earth was going on. As of last year, 2022, the Nobel Prize was discovering that this is indeed a phenomenon that explains our world. That means particles have these direct links to each other that might not seem like they have anything to do with each other, but for some reason are linked together with random things that we cannot understand yet. So I want to just pause for a second because this is an implication for the future of how everybody is going to see the world in the future. This is how science changes the entire perception of reality. 
when you think about quantum entanglement, I want you to think about how you are connected to things. You are connected to so many things. What could that mean? Well, Wolfgang Pauli and Carl Jung, these two guys from a back then, one's a psychologist, one's a physicist, they got together and created a theory on synchronicity that describes quantum entanglement as the science behind that meaningful, sometimes coincidental connection of synchronicity. And as of recently, empirical research measures synchronicity to test the effectiveness of therapy animals, the connection between a mother and a child, and to explain that feeling of clicking with someone during a great conversation. They said that thing that you needed to hear, that you were thinking at the same time. And the latest 2022 Nobel Prize was awarded for closing all those loopholes of entanglement theory and showing that particles do instantaneously influence each other from light years away. That is possible. It is happening right now. So scientists feel encouraged to test how humans synchronize from a long distance too. This gets crazy, you guys. Whether the research is looking into a mother sensing her child's pain from miles away, or your pet sensing your return home from a trip while you're still on the plane, scientists are testing these things. It's as if entanglement with another creature creates a psychic call button. And now we can learn from indigenous cultures that we have Western scientists, you know, have previously ignored. We can look at their practices and have an idea of where to look for answers. So finally, we're going to listen to this old knowledge to understand these like weird brushed off things that we only have in folklore. And we're applying it with scientific methods of quantum physics. Since this phenomenon is directly from the natural world, many theorists believe animals have more control over their ability to be in tune with this natural entangled energy due to measurable data from schools of fish, flying murmuration and starlings, and animals in general predicting weather fluctuations. Long ignored indigenous practices of using animal synchronicity as a practical tool for hunting or navigation or weather prediction are now being observed by Western scientists. Ah. So if you want to kind of find like a practical example of this, I want you to look up schools of fish synchronicity. Even better, look up starling murmuration or starling synchronicity. A starling is a type of bird. And so many of us have watched, um, you know, if you've ever been to an aquarium or been to an ocean or even been to a river with tiny little minnows all huddling together, you'll see that they all move in the same direction at the exact same time. This is something that is not totally understood by scientists yet. Like, how on earth do they all move exactly the same way at the same time? It's like a choreographed dance. If you look up starling synchronicity, though, your mind will be blown because starlings actually create these giant, like, beautiful murals in the sky. They're trying to mimic the giant predators, the big 
hawks and things like that that will try to prey on them. So what they do is they all get up in the sky and fly together to create like this massive animal in the sky. And I don't know if they're trying to create like a bird-like shape, but what I'm looking at right here, sometimes they just create like an enormous mass, an enormous blob that moves around. I've just seen it on YouTube, but I see a picture that looks like an orca whale in the sky. It's astounding, my friends. Look up Starling Murmuration when you get the chance. The way that, you know, we only study this in science, but this has been part of human folklore for a long time. There is a spiritual aspect. Scientists fail to address a spiritual practicality of synchronicity. We cannot deny the transcendence into a spiritual realm when we are in sync with our body when we are in sync with another being, or the moon, or even a favorite song. The question is if we have the ability to choose what we synchronize with, or if it's pre-programmed, kind of written in the stars, to choose us. While we may have some ability to control our synchrony with external factors, I wonder why certain people are able to communicate better with certain pets than others, with certain people than others. Are you more in sync with dogs or cats? You know, have we all think about, are you a cat or a dog person? Common icebreaker. So pets are a great example of how we have meaningful connections with animals. But what about meaningful interactions in the wild? Wild animals are highly sensitive and synchronized with the Earth's rhythms with their natural environment that they spend their, all their time in. They might be able to sense strong emotions from a soul-searching hiker that disrupts the environment's usual rhythms from a distance. Emotions count as particles, you guys. These are chemicals in our brain, these physical chemicals in our brain that all come together to direct our behavior. So as much as you want to think thoughts are invisible, they're not quite. They're not quite. They have a very physical aspect to them. That's why scientists look at brain waves and synchronizing with brain waves. And so if you think about a wild animal who is doing their usual thing in the woods, hanging out, whatever, and this is a hiker that is just like, I need to hike the pain away. We've all been there. <laughs> Maybe not. Some of us hate hiking. I used to hate hiking. But now I like it. Perhaps this animal senses you. And for some reason, it has this connection with you. Or maybe it wants to avoid you altogether. But perhaps as we individually synchronize with certain art forms, you know, the things that we gravitate towards or people, or animals over others, certain wild animals have preferences too. Just as witches were thought to associate with certain familiars, who's to say that we cannot have a corresponding animal that answers our calls? Amidst the practice of listening and responding to nature, human-animal synchronicity often becomes the pinnacle of folklore around the world. Eventually, there becomes a sort of rippling effect from stories ages ago into the present world, just as entangled particles influence each other regardless of time and space. Some tales 
are so significant that entire cultures have adopted a single animal to symbolize astronomical or ecological events. Now, our Western culture is incredibly disconnected from the land and ancestral knowledge that these synchronistic moments seem simultaneously ridiculous and awe-inspiring. In reality, these occurrences connect us back to the natural world our ancestors were more familiar with, like some kind of calling to the nature within us and the nature surrounding us, right? Very special moments. And so one of these animals that many cultures have chosen around the world is the rabbit, an animal that humans have shared a relationship with since ancient religion. So the Aztecs and the Japanese have nearly identical myths about the rabbit and the moon. And that's besides the Chinese, the Mayan, the Egyptian, Hottentot, and Celtic cultures that also associate the rabbit or hare with the moon. What on earth? What is it about? What is it about a little bunny and the moon? You know, is it just the way that we see a bunny in the moon? The thing is, is that I didn't see a bunny in the moon until someone told me to see a bunny in the moon, you know? So it's just fascinating that we have had this connection cross-culturally since ancient religion. In nearly all of these cultures, the hare and rabbit are also associated with prosperity, intelligence, luck, and fertility. And from ancient times across the globe, we have received these messages from rabbits that we translate into human folklore. And ultimately, we exalt the rabbit to a status of a deity. The recognizable motif of the three hares spans Buddhist, Islamic, pagan, and Judeo-Christian religions. I'm telling you, the rabbit is everywhere. And it tends to mean the same thing. If you look up the symbol of the three hairs, so look up the three hairs motif, it is a symbol of three rabbits that hop around in a circle around each other and their ears are connected. Go ahead and just look up that symbol. Very interesting symbol. In the past few years, I have felt spiritually connected to the rabbit. I know rabbits are everywhere around the city and that many people enjoy pointing them out. But at my old place during the height of the pandemic and my senior year of college, I called them the three o'clock bunnies, both 3 p.m. and 3 a.m. They were always there, right on time at this spiritual number, keeping track of me just as I kept track of them. After graduation, my entire world flipped upside down. I got married at 20 years old before the pandemic and had just broken the news to my family that I was getting divorced. Uh, My family and I went to Ireland that July and I had a major breakdown at one of our cottage stays. The next morning before we left for the city, I went for a walk down to the ocean, just down the road from the cottage. Through the tall meadow grasses, I came down to the shore where I spent 20 minutes or so just searching through the waves and jumping in and out of the water, throwing some stones, that sort of thing. I felt deeply connected to that land, partially because I'm 12.5% Irish, (laughs) shout out to the Irish culture, and um, a lot of my childhood was made up of these like Celtic beliefs of fairies and animals and nature and it's a 
big influence in how I perceive the world um, through kind of like this ancient Celtic point of view. Um, And I've carried that with me since I was a child. And I think part of it too is me playing a harp and very Celtic instrument. (laughs) Um, So, you know, if you look on Guinness, that's the harp symbol very Irish thing so I'm here in Ireland and I'm like this is my place and I had a breakdown and I want to feel something I want the land to show me something because this is supposed to be a magical land right and I look in and out of the waves I see nothing I wanted to see like a selkie a selkie is a woman that shapeshifts into a seal and I wanted to shapeshift into a seal and swim far away from the life I had established, but the ocean showed me nothing. So I went back to the cottage as I turned the corner to get back on the road. Right in front of me was an Irish hare in the middle of the road. And this is different from just a bunny rabbit that you see in America because Irish hares are protected by Ireland. They are massive rabbits. They're huge, you guys. So they just hold such a presence, such a captivating presence. And when I turned the corner to see this hare, I was just, the wind was knocked out of me, you know? It felt like something. We stared at each other for a second before the hare hopped off into the grass. And so I tiptoed over quickly to see if I could search through the grass and fall through the looking glass, right? Fall down the rabbit hole somewhere. Take me away. I didn't. Instead, I walked back to the cottage and we went on the road to our next destination. And during the road trip, I googled Irish hare Celtic mythology. And I found that hares are seen not only as a form of prosperity, luck, and abundance, but that it leapt between this world and the Celtic other world to speak with fairies. Sometimes they also were women who shape-shifted into hares that traveled between this world and the Celtic other world, okay? That's like the fairy realm that's kind of the land of the dead it's kind of all in one I shared this with my mom when we had a moment alone she too felt like this meant something remember she recalled the morning of your wedding when we were driving together you hit a rabbit and my stomach dropped my wedding night was also during a full moon (laughs) and I got my period the next day. I didn't know that, but it was the eve of my period. So that means I was at the peak of emotions during the full moon. And we hit a rabbit in the car on the way to the wedding. Like, I don't know if we killed it, um, but it's terrifying to think about. And I completely blocked that out of my memory because when you're having a wedding... It's just go, go, go the whole time, at least if you are the bride. And I was 20, and nothing really made sense except for what people told me made sense. You know what I mean? And so then we hit this rabbit together, and I just remember being like, we got to move on. We got to move on. 
but also thinking if this were the old days pole wedding would be canceled right (laughs) so no i went through with it on the full moon and you know rabbits are this symbol of fertility too right and i was getting my period the next day i just cannot believe the witchiness of this whole situation but my heart just dropped in my stomach because i just had this interaction with a hare right when i needed it and these three o'clock bunnies that kind of consumed my life for the previous couple years all of these signs were shocking to me and they all just flooded my mind until tears flooded my eyes i knew i was on the right path shortly after the vacation i moved out of my old place and officially closed that chapter of marriage. And one night, I was walking back with my new boyfriend to his apartment after grabbing some late night takeout. As we walked up the hill, a swarm of adolescent looking bunnies came hopping out from the bushes along the entire block we faced. Neither of us have seen that many bunnies before in our lives. Like we are in the city and it was like, a swarm i'm telling you and they're just like dancing and hopping in the fields i couldn't believe what i was witnessing it felt so freeing it felt so alive and so young i felt like i was finally able to be free recently upon doing the research for this paper i came across the legend of the 7th century saint melangeth which is a welsh name Um, It's spelled M-E-L-A-N-G-E-L-L. St. Melangel is what it looks like, but it's St. Melangeth. And she's the daughter of an Irish king who fled across the Irish Sea from a marriage. Cool, Sophia. Guess what? When she fled across the Irish Sea, she ended up in Welsh territory and just decided to live in the forest. She lived in the forest for 15 years, and one day a rabbit hunter was hunting rabbits and was chasing this rabbit, and then when he came through the bushes, he found Melangeth holding the rabbit that he was hunting. And he was just like, oh my gosh, the way that this rabbit trusts this typically, you know, very timid creature, trusts this young woman in the woods, and after hearing her story about how she had to flee, just her courage of her character. He took this as a sign from God and gave her land in the valley to provide sanctuary for others seeking solitude. And now she's considered the patron saint of hares and the inspiration for many poets reflecting on a spiritual homecoming. So it all came full circle. I grew up Catholic, um, so that was another part of my upbringing. And this whole like Irish Catholic fusion of and of folklore and Saint Melangeth and her being there's actually such thing as a patron saint of of the hares um and it was because she was fleeing from marriage and you know she looked out to the Irish sea just like me she wanted to swim away and she did just like me except I didn't swim away and then the hare became her thing The way that things all come together, that don't even make sense, like how on earth 
is the patron saint of hares a thing? I thought someone made this up, heard I was researching hares, heard I was, I had that whole experience in Ireland, but I didn't tell anybody except for my family, my boyfriend about, made up a whole page on like catholicsaints.com or whatever I found it on and created St. Melangeth just for me. (laughs) Right? It's like, how is the universe telling me this now? Why is this popping out? How is this actually real? Synchronicity like this cannot be totally proven yet, but that doesn't shy me away from the great possibility that these magical interactions are actually natural occurrences. The very nature of entanglement describes reality as miraculous, inexplicable, yet purposeful, right? This rippling butterfly effect, which even the name butterfly effect has this beastly, synchronistic aspect to it, right? It's animal. It shows us how we are connected with every object, living and non-living, and these other beings, these so-called animals, may be able to show us a deeper part of nature than we ever expected. Every little thing may be very well connected, on purpose, telling me my story, leading me to my ultimate destination, and it's only a matter of time before this ancient knowledge is yet again discovered, right, by Western scientists. In the meantime, I recommend paying attention to any lucky coincidences because 2023 is the year of the rabbit in the Chinese zodiac after all. So I gave this talk last spring to my honors college at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and I had a colleague ask me if... um, If I think discovering the science behind synchronicity takes away from the magical appeal of synchronicity, and I really don't think so. I think finding out that these things are actually purposeful and and in a way like measurable, that is astounding. That is so magical to me because finding purpose and meaning is something very human that we yearn for. We seek out these spiritual experiences and sometimes we give up on them. The people that give up on all aspects of spirituality and the way that something can mean something beyond something they understand, that there's something else out there, right? People decide this is too hard for them. They throw that away. They think nothing means anything. But now, science says everything means something there's a purpose there there's a certain number that has been placed right there to add up with everything else and that's you and that's the experience that you just had and that's that connection that you just had right that's that saint melangeth folklore article that you just happened to stumble upon right before (laughs) you are about to give this presentation I think that is so magical. And besides, magic used to be science. Magic still is science, first of all. It used to be dudes who were wizards and people would come to them 
and just be blown away by the little magical concoctions that they would make or like the little physics trick that they would find out and and call it magic right that was magic and it still is it's still incredible we cannot just pretend like science is nothing science is the language that can articulate the wonders of the world and that's why I want to bridge this gap between scientists who don't tend to articulate science that way. They tend to articulate it in such a gate-kept academic way that cannot actually connect people to the world that they need to understand, that they crave to understand and be a part of. Science can connect you. It gives you meaning. Those experiences of spirituality Whatever it is you believe in, it all makes sense. It's where you need to be right now. It might not be where you are in a year or in a day, but it makes sense right now. And everything that happens to you makes sense. So just stop acting like the universe is playing tricks on you and you know that you're crazy. You're not crazy. You are experiencing something very real, something that you need to pay attention to. Because science has also found out that the more that you pay attention to those synchronistic experiences, you go on an upward spiral. So the more that you, the more that I interact with bunnies, the more I notice bunnies, and the more the bunnies make me feel like I have a purpose in life, and that I'm happy, and that I'm being watched over by my natural environment in a way it validates me even if you aren't totally on board with this whole synchronicity thing yet it's still a psychological mechanism that impacts your well-being beneficially negative things too negative omen if i paid attention to that negative omen (laughs) me hitting a rabbit with my mom the day before my period on a full moon of my wedding things probably wouldn't have gone down so crazy in my life. But you know what? It happened. The way I chose to not pay attention to it happened. And now I'm here and I'm so thankful. And I'm so thankful that I can recognize that moment as something that happened on purpose. Something that was just developing my story. You know, when you read that really good book, And you're like, oh my god, page 20 predicts what happens in page 80, and also on page 43, and it all connects together, and so many symbols, and you discover that, it's the best. That's how you write a good essay. (laughs) So I want you to just think about those experiences that you have, and meaningful interactions, and meaningful moments to you, and why they're meaningful to you. Maybe just look at, like, a leaf. Think about that leaf for a second. What does that leaf remind you of? What does that connect you to? Connections in your brain. Everything is a pattern. I guess you're like, okay, Sophia, I've never had this experience in my life. I don't really even know where to begin. I just want you to go look at that leaf. First of all, I think, I do think a connection to nature is really important when it comes to synchronistic experiences because we are animals, all right? Let me knock that into your brain. We are animals. 
and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. It means that we um, have like a functioning body and brain and that's what we are to this environment. And so I want you to go be a part of the environment, the natural environment, and just kind of be there. Let your mind wander. Think about things. Not about your job, not about your annoying situationship, not about your mom. I don't want you to think about the tacos you're going to have later. I want you to just look around and think about the first or second thing that you look at. Think about how that applies to the world. Creatures that live on that thing, that use that thing. Think about how in some way it reminds you of yourself or reminds you of something else. Just try it. Could be as simple as the veins on the leaf look like the veins in the palm of my hand and see where that leads you. Or, okay, you're in the car right now. Traffic. (laughs) I saw a sign that said, you are not in traffic, you are traffic. So true, so true. Whatever it is, wherever you are, you can think about how you apply to the environment around you. That's kind of what it is. You're checking, how am I a functioning part of this system? How do my systems work within this system? Am I working against or with it? What are you connected to? Can you choose to become connected to it? Do you want to become connected to it? Are you connected to something right now that you would rather not be connected to? Is it possible for you to become disconnected ever? It's kind of like a habit, a bad habit or a good habit. If you quit smoking, my grandma who smoked for many years, she started when she was like 12 or 13 and quit uh, like 10 years ago, but says that she can still, she still gets those cravings. It's hard when you become a part of this routine and this system. We are so quite literally wired up like a circuit to function very efficiently within a system, including this entire universe that has birthed us into being, right? Created us from the most tiny particles, practically non-existent pieces of dust that turn into these little wiggling things that all get together and then (laughs) become a human being. Quantum entanglement works across galaxies, light years away. We don't have to be on the same plane for quantum entanglement to reach us. So we can be connected to these so-called alien beings that you're obsessed with. I really think aliens, if anything, if we're, if we're talking about life elsewhere, it probably looks more unicellular um, or, or possibly just like something we cannot even fathom because it lives in a completely different environment. We live in what's called a habitable zone. It's like the ideal conditions that human beings and everything on Earth can grow, live, evolve in. 
and if we were to live anywhere else just our systems would not work the same because everything is so connected on purpose that if we tried to do something else with it it doesn't work and that's how we how we are where we are right now with our current climate emergency is that we for so long even though it's just a little blip in our human existence have been making the earth malfunction because we bring in all of our industrial processes and work against nature so much that we have seriously disrupted the usual rhythms here the usual synchronicity and it's throwing every single being off and so the more that you are mindful and thinking about how you're connected and how you affect everything the more that we can start to heal what's going on here whether it's with people or with animals or with plants or with dirt i think it's another thing about me is i'm super into plants okay so i talk to my plants i love my plants and cherish them and they teach me so much and I read a book called Brilliant Green by Stefano Mancuso and Alessandra Viola, and they talk all about plant cognition, plant behavior, and the way plants think. And it's still a very debated thing in the scientific community on whether plants have cognition. It's obvious to me that they do, because it's just another functioning set of networks that you know, all works to create a behavior. And plants communicate. They communicate with us through chemicals. That's exactly how we communicate, is chemical signaling, you guys. It's not any different. So keeping the dirt, or like, don't bring the dirt, what is it? What's the saying about bringing the dirt inside? Don't bring the dirt inside. There's a more, <laughs> there's a certain saying, you know, about keeping the outside outside not bringing the outside inside that's what it is it's like you can never escape the outside it's going to seek its wrath on you if you don't let it in you need to be more holistic you need to be more accepting of natural parts of this world influencing you and being a part of your life i'm not saying you can you need to have a dirty home gross you know, sweep the dirt off your floor, but why don't you go outside and be a part of it for a second? Why don't you go take a look at it at least? Stop poisoning the ground with chemicals. You know, doing all that nonsense doesn't make any sense, man. Why are you putting poison on your lawn, disrupting everything? I just, if you were handed two options, have a totally boring looking lawn and garden, or be harmonious with nature, which one would you choose? Go ahead, choose your totally boring garden and lawn. Just know that you're totally boring for that and that you're not adhering to synchronicity. You're ignoring the signs. You're going to create this boundary between you and the world that wants to speak with you and wants to help you evolve. The world wants to watch you grow and succeed like the creatures when i'm talking about the world i'm talking about the creatures they want you to grow and succeed they want you to live they want you to be a part of this whole thing maybe you don't want to but there's a way that you can baby steps 
plant a little tree. Leave a weed where it is. Find some beauty in something. Understand that you have a relationship with everything around you and how you treat your things probably reflects in how you treat people or animals, yourself. Synchronicity is a very important concept, my friends, and think about who you're connected with, what you're connected with. Think about the animals that you feel particularly drawn to just for fun, just for fun. If not for business, do it for business, personal business personal secret CIA business and then call your animals up and tell them you need them to carry out your evil tasks that will ultimately benefit nature and screw over the corporate people (laughs) for those of you that hate capitalism (laughs) and if you love capitalism pull together your animals and figure out how to create the best capitalist system ever. Probably your animals, guess what? Your animals, spoiler alert, are humans and they're already doing it. (sighs) We've created a system, haven't we? This society system to make everything easy. Make everything easy and to shortcut connections. Can't do that. What goes around comes back around, my friend. Unless you're a billionaire. And that is another topic for another time. I'm going to go on a run in the rain. I'm going to get nice and misty. I'm going to shout out Blind Boy Boat Club. His podcast is a huge inspiration to me. He talks all about Irish mythology and science. And he also talked about how he went on a run in the rain and he was like, steaming and just a part of this like amniotic fluid of the world and it told like this short story about how the garden gave birth to him i don't know if it was someone else's short story if it happened to him but it was great and i I want the garden to go give birth to me now so that's where i'm gonna go to the garden i'm so proud of myself for planting a garden go plant a garden go on a run Go on a walk. Go feel the rain on your skin. Feel the rain on your skin. I don't want this to mess with the heart music. So we're slowly going to fade out. Thank you for listening to another episode of Dylan Tales.